maybe I'm crazy, but I am just full of gratitude for this football season. Grateful for it. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not. Welcome to the Maybe I'm Crazy Podcast. I'm Joy Taylor. Reggie Bush joins us today. NFL legends, USC legends, and of course, a member of Fox's Big Noon Kickoff college football show so check him out this saturday gonna talk a little college football gonna talk a little nfl with him maybe he can explain what happened to the saints last night in las vegas man i miss las vegas uh, of course the whole crazy gang is here heller t and donnie got lots to get into today after week two of the nfl is in the books and uh the lakers are looking good as well which is a weird thing to say because they're happening at the same time, which is wild. Anyway, uh, let's get started with Reggie Bush. All right, excited to have my brother Reggie Bush back on the podcast again. Of course, Saints legend, which we'll talk about in a second because it did not look great last night. Uh, (laughs) Spent a little time with the Dolphins as well, which you have some of my favorite Dolphins stories of all Mm -hmm. all time. Um, And of course, the USC legends, uh, one of the greatest college football players of all time and a member of Fox's Big Noon kickoff show. You guys have Oklahoma and K-State and the Longhorns and Red Raiders this weekend? Mm -hmm. Coming up, big one, big one this weekend. So So, college football's back. I think everyone was a little nervous if that was going to happen at all. And obviously not all of college football is back. But what's your initial reaction to just the level of play that you've seen so far? Um, I think the level of play has been, has been pretty good, given the circumstances and given uh, what everybody's been going through. Some kids opting out, some kids, you know, uh, most kids obviously, you know, wanting to play and getting a chance to play football and just under the conditions of COVID too. You know what I mean? It's, it's uh, something that these kids are are living through an experience that I have no experience in, um, that no other NFL player uh, has experience in, because this is the first time we've ever dealt with this thing. So I think given the circ- <clears throat> given the circumstances, uh, I'm very impressed and very happy with what I've seen from the players. I think the one thing that has me worried right now is this freaking Grim Reaper, who was snatching ACLs left and right. You got players getting hurt left and right on the field, ACLs. And I think it has to do with the lack of uh, preparation in the offseason for guys. And then you're matching that with, um, you know, full speed live contact on turf, which is a very tough surface. Um, I think that's why we're seeing such a high number of, of guys getting injured. So that's the only thing that worries me right now, just seeing how many guys are getting getting injured um, because it seems to be just like every weekend. These are big names. Now, I know it's kind of hard to ask this question because, you know, you're you're answering it from the experience that you have now. And, you know, we're older and in different phases of our lives. But you were obviously a very high profile college Mm -hmm. player and you had an incredible NFL career. So you had a lot to Mm -hmm. risk if you were in Mm -hmm. this situation, if you can put yourself back in, you know, college ready. (laughs) Yeah. Would you yeah. would you opt out of this season? So I think I would have to take into account all the factors, right? And um, I don't know what's going to happen with the Pac-12 because I'm hearing reports that they're only going to play six games, um, which is you know devastating. I think if you're you know if you're a college football player, only playing six games is 
it's not enough, right? And you're watching, you know, other people playing right now. So I can't imagine just how tough it is for people in the Pac-12 not to be playing and being able to watch other, you know, players play and get a shot to really showcase themselves and build their value, right? Because that's what college is for. College is kind of that middle ground, that middle place where you get to go build your value, whether that's on the football field uh, or whether that's, you know, some career, which is life after football. So if I'm in a Pac-12 right now and somebody came to me and they're like, hey, we, I think we're probably only get a chance to play like five, six games this year. I think I might think really hard about opting out. I think I might opt out because um, it's just it's not enough games. You know what I mean? And and at the same time, you know, it's it, there's this struggle because you can make a case. Well, I'd rather get some football than no football. Right. And then on the flip side. Um, it's, well, you're only going to get six games and God knows, you know, what the, the, the committee, how they're going to be able to rank these teams based on this criteria. Like this is a nightmare for, for a committee. So it's just so much uncertainty. Um, I can't even say that this college football season is going to go smoothly because we've already seen Baylor, you know, our our, last weekend, we were supposed to have Baylor and uh, that game got canceled. Right. And so this is such different this is such foreign territory for everybody that I just, I think it's, it kind of feels like every man for himself a little bit. You know, and I, and I mean that every man for himself with whatever decision that you make, because how can you tell somebody you should be playing football right now in the middle of this COVID middle of this pandemic. And also at the same time, you can't, you know, you can't fault the kids for, for, for making those decisions. And so I'll just be honest with you, Joy, I'm not sure what I would do. Uh, but I think I would I would definitely think really hard about opting out. Do you think that the Pac-12 recovers from this situation? I, I think it's going to be very tough um, for them to recover from this because, you know, you look at what Ryan Day did for the Big Ten. Like I was when I first heard that coaches were lobbying and going against their conference, you know, presidents. I was like, what the hell are y'all doing? Like, you're, this is insubordinate. Like, you're, 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 you're being a bad leader and you're putting kids, you know, health and lives at risk. And now, like, as if everything is unfolded, I'm like, damn, that was kind of amazing <laughs> that, that he did that. You know what I mean? That they were on the forefront and they fought back. Because, again, that's why I said I, didn't, I don't have experience in this, right? Like, who does? Nobody knows what the right or wrong answer is. And I love the fact that, a coach is willing to to go toe to toe with, you know, whoever he needs to to get football played. I just want it to be done safely. That's all I know. You know what I mean? And so, you know, it, it's just such foreign territory in different times, man. It's just, it, it's so, it's. I'm just, I'm amazed. I'm be honest with you. I'm amazed by everything that I'm seeing right now. Yeah, I mean, the NFL being able to get the season started, uh, obviously, much smooth, much more smoothly than uh, college. It's not that surprising, but I, yeah. I mean, Colin and I talk about it every day. I can't, I can't believe it. Like I'm kind of, you know, I guess I've been in Cali for a while. So I'm like, you know, gratitude, but like, I really can't believe that we have sports at this level with like thinking back to just the like state of despair that all of Mm -hmm. us were in when we were on, you know, the stay at home orders to where we are now Mm -hmm. is just crazy. I think it's just, it's really a testament to how many smart people we have in sports today. Yeah, I I would, I would agree with you. Um, It's, I mean, these are such, like I said, these, these times that we're going through, um, these are going to be things that we're talking to about our to our grandkids about. Like, you know, we're going to be talking about this, reminiscing back, like, 
we had to live through this. We had sports had to live through these things. And this is how far the sport has come, right? These are the hurdles that they've had to overcome. These are the, the hurdles that some of these players and their families had to overcome so that they could make it to the NFL. You know what I mean? So that they could, you know, go in and, and have a better life and and provide, you know, uh, the things that, you know, we all want, which is a better life. Right. And, and so um, but, yeah, I agree with everything you just said. Jim. So the Saints played last night uh, against the Las Vegas Raiders in the opening mm-hmm. of the Allegiant Stadium. Didn't look great. Now, uh, I picked the Saints to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl and lose to the Ravens. I also picked Drew Brees to win the MVP this year. I don't know how strong that is after <laughs> last night. Um, what happened? Like, what, is it an overreaction to Drew Brees? Because everyone's crushing Drew today. Yeah. Um, I, is it an overreaction? No, I don't think it's an overreaction because when you when you're able to accomplish the kinds of things that he has in his career – well, with whom much is given, you know, you also got to be able to take all the criticism and everything else that comes along with it. Right. And, and so that's the nature of the beast. Um, I don't feel sorry for Drew Brees. I don't feel sorry for, you know, any of these players, any of these quarterbacks, because especially for Drew, because he's been able to build up such a, a um, an amazing reputation of the kind of player he is and the kind of guy that goes to work um, every single day. And I've seen that firsthand seeing the kind of work ethic that he puts in um, every single day. And so looking at last night's game, um, I don't think the Saints look great, but also I think the Ve- the Las Vegas Raiders look really good. And so I think there there has to be, I think people have to lower their expectations for these first couple of weeks because um, this is not a normal offseason. You know, you got to think about week two is really like you're still figuring out how to win games, right? You're still figuring out how to build that chemistry together. And Drew Brees didn't have his best weapon, right? He didn't have Michael Thomas on the football field. And Michael Thomas is a guaranteed 14 to 21 points just by his presence being on the football field. So that's the kind of respect that he commands. Um, And so, you know, I know people are talking about these air yards. I don't know exactly what air yards are. Um, You know, (laughs) this, this is now, (laughs) I've never heard of that until, until today, but, the one thing I will say about Drew Brees is um, he's the kind of guy that he's he's a leader, right? And a, a leader is somebody that no matter what the situation is, uh, they're always going to put their team in the in the right positions to win games, right? And yeah, it's not going to be every second, every minute, right? But nobody's perfect, right? Even Tom Brady struggled against Drew Brees. What did he do the next week after Bruce Arians criticized him? He bounced back, had a better had a better game, still threw an interception. Right. Still through an interception, but it was, at least it wasn't a pick six. And so they were able to manage um, those losses. They won the football game and then so on. To me, the test for this football team is this next game against Green Bay Packers, because you don't want to lose two games in a row. And and now that you know that um, you never want to get caught looking ahead either. But there are times that it happens. I'm sure the Saints saw this as, hey, this is we're going to win this football game. You know what I mean? And and probably went down there with that confidence. But sometimes teams will hit you in the mouth and sometimes teams have this renewed, refound motivation, you know, moving to Las Vegas. And so that's what I kind of chalk it up to. Hey, they were just a better team on yesterday and uh, Derek Carr looked good. And this kid Waller, the tight end, Love he him. is a beast. He is a beast and he cannot be covered one on one. I went back and studied some of his stuff today. Um, and I was watching his routes. 
he has really, really good feet and really good hips and, and good routes for a tight end. Like, he doesn't run routes like you know, like a traditional tight end. He runs a more like a, a versatile um, athletic tight end. And so I just love watching him last night. I love what he brought to the table. Kid's an absolute beast. And uh, they, the Raiders have weapons all across the board. So Yeah, no, he's, he's so fun to watch. So you yeah. mentioned Michael Thomas being out. There mm-hmm. was a crazy, it feels like a crazy amount of injuries. I mean, I haven't done the research to, you know, compare last year to this year, but it feels like a lot. And certainly seven torn ACLs in two weeks is a lot. Mm-hmm. Is it because there was no preseason? Because we're all kind of celebrating that there was no preseason. And it seems like yeah. now, you know, maybe two games would have been the correct amount. I think if you don't ever get a chance to practice uh, live and, and, and um, you know, play games live and go through your, your reps and your plays live, um, you know, without kind of that blanket of, hey, I'm just going against my teammates. Because here's some of the things that will never happen when you're going against your teammates. You'll never cut block your teammates, right? And so as a running back, if in practice, I'll, if a linebacker is blitzing, I will never chop block him because that's my teammate and I know I could hurt him. But in a game, if a linebacker is coming full speed, Von Miller or freaking, you know, uh, uh, whoever, I'm going down low right away. I'm chop blocking the hell of that dude so I can clear that lane for my quarterback. And so there are certain things that you do and you don't do in practice that you just, you can only get that in a, in a real game. You know what I'm saying? And so to me, there's that, and I've always said this, and I will continue to say this, I will truly believe that the NFL is truly invested in the safe, in the safety and health of its players when they get rid of turf. Turf is the absolute worst thing you can play full speed, live contact football on. And you imagine trying to play, like imagine trying to take turf to, to Europe and, and soccer. They would lose their mind. They would burn some of those cities down if you try to bring turf over there. And they actually tried to do it, and the players were about to revolt. You know what I mean? And so, I just, I just, I've always been against turf. Um, and what I've is it about tribute. like it's the turf that you don't like? It's just, it's, it doesn't give. It doesn't give. And when you stick your cleats, when you, I mean, you're going 100 miles an hour. You know, you're in a football field. You're jamming your foot and your cleats into an artificial surface. Um, it's not giving enough. Like grass, when you dig into it, it gives and it slides a little bit. And so it's not grabbing your joints. Turf mm-hmm. grabs your joints. When you plant hard, like Odell Beckham Jr., um, you know, some of these very, very explosive athletes like Lamar Jackson, um, you know, that's the one thing you always worry about is the, your knees on turf. And that's actually the reason why the Baltimore Ravens went back to grass. I don't know if you remember, they used to be on turf. And they had a year, they had a bunch of injuries, and they switched back from turf to grass. And so to me, that's the biggest issue is we got to get every NFL team back to traditional grass. I know turf is low maintenance, is less money, but if we want to see less knee injuries, less major, you know, MCLs, LCLs, Saquon Barkley, I mean, come on, man, it's, just, it's ridiculous. It's, it's left and right now. Yeah, that's there were so many big losses and and big names too. So it, it yeah. there were I think it was like three years ago, I wanna say there was a, a rash of injuries in the NFL that was pretty serious, but it didn't really happen yeah. until later in the season. Um these first two weeks have been brutal. So yeah. Tom Brady is in Tampa now. Obviously, that was the huge story through the offseason. Mm-hmm. I think they're gonna make the playoffs as a wild card team. 
I don't know that my expectations are that high for them, but it seems to be working early. What's what's your impression of the the Bucks so far? Um, I like them so far. Um, do they have a great team on paper? Absolutely. I mean, they you just look all across the board, you see some household names on that roster, and and that's the thing that you know fans, Tampa Bay fans, should be excited about that. But I think if you bring it back to reality, um, it, it doesn't matter what you've accomplished uh, the last six years or whatever it is. Um, even Tom Brady, the GOAT himself, has to respect the laws of football. And the laws of football say that there's no magic to this thing. You have to earn every single minute, every single day, every single hour that you get. Um, and, and that's just the way it is in this sport. Um, and when you think about him going to a new system, a new team, new weapons, they're having to adjust to Tom Brady just as much as he's having to adjust to them, right? And and I think we've even seen that with Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians is, is learning how to adjust to Tom Brady too because he was shocked in week one. Um, so, you know, I, I think people got to lower their expectations uh, for teams, you know, and it, it usually never works. And I don't want to say it's not going to work this time because, you know, Tom Brady is, is different. Every situation is different. But it usually never works when you put together these powerhouse, you know, superstar teams um, before a number of reasons. You know, maybe one is there's only one football to go around. You don't have enough to, to please everybody. Um, and, and two is there's just a chemistry. The chemistry can just not be there. Right. And so what we've seen so far, what I've seen so far from Tampa Bay, I like what I've seen. Um, they have a great obviously a great backfield with Leonard Fournette, uh, Ronald Jones, Shady McCoy, who can still, you know, can still shake a couple people in the open field. And then Rob Gronkowski, you know, to me is he's good, but he's he's still banged up. Right. He, he's I think people had this expectation that Brady and Gronk back together um, and him going down the middle. You know what I mean? The way he used to in, in New England. I don't know if he's out running linebackers anymore like that. Like Gronkowski has always been a really big tight end. And I think that's why he was so successful is because he was big and then he was fast and athletic and could catch and he could really just body linebackers he could body safeties and nobody was big enough to to be able to kind of get around him but now that he's gonna he's definitely he's definitely slower right and you match those injuries that he's been through you know it's the health of Ron, rob gronkowski to me um is going to have a lot to do with the success of this tampa bay uh offense because tom brady has always needed that tight end down the middle that presence down the middle and if he doesn't have that um, now, you know, you're kind of taking away a big portion of what he likes to do and you're just focusing on Mike Evans and uh, Chris Godwin. And, and so I, I just think that I like what I've seen, but the chemistry is still not there yet. And it still has they're, they're going to they got some teams coming down the pipeline that, that you're going to be able to measure them against, like the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, can Tom Brady keep up with, you know, the, the amount of points that the Chiefs can put up, you know, in, in one or two quarters? To me, that's what it's going to come down to because this is a different game now. Um, we're seeing quarterbacks really put up big numbers, especially the young ones, right? The young quarterbacks. Josh Allen threw 300 yards. I mean, he looked amazing in that football game. And so to me, it's going to come down to when Brady has to play these teams with younger quarterbacks, mobile quarterbacks, um, you know, can he keep up with them? Because sometimes the best defense is a really good offense. Now, I love Cam Newton for multiple reasons. Like, I am just a Cam Newton fan, and mm -hmm. I, 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 I didn't, I'm not going to say I knew this was going to work, but I knew that Cam was going to be able to get back to some version, some percentage of Cam. 
right? And yeah. people disregard that he was a league MVP and played in a Super Bowl. Like, it's like he doesn't know how to learn a playbook. So mm-hmm. I think it's working in New England. Uh, and I don't think it's an overreaction, obviously. I, I don't know if this is a long-term situation, but it seems to be working. Do you like what you've seen from Cam so far? I love what I'm seeing from Cam so far. Um, the, I think the, the long-term situation you could be alluding to is just his health, right? The, 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 the key to, to making this work for the Patriots is the health of Cam Newton. If he can stay healthy and they can continue to pound the football the way that they are, then I think they have a system that can go into Baltimore and can compete with Baltimore because that's always been the biggest issue when, when, when Brady played these running teams, they could just keep him off the football field, right? Like they could just run the football, they could chew up the clock and they could keep him off the football field. And so that's what I see with the New England Patriots. Um, they have an offense that now they can control the clock a lot differently than they could if they were with Tom Brady. And so I don't know if Tom Brady was on that team, if he would have been able to take it down to a last second play, you know what I mean? To win the football game against the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. And so to me, what they have now is they have this offensive system. They have this juggernaut and it really kind of feels like this is what Bill has been kind of wanting for a while, you know, something like this. And this is like a new toy for him. This is, and I think he's going to do amazing, honestly, because you're giving one of the, the greatest minds in football, you know, a different weapon, something different that he's never had before. And we've seen him get beat with that same system. And so I can only imagine now that he has it and he has a guy like Cam Newton, like who wants to tackle Cam Newton in December? You know what I'm saying? None of them linebackers that weigh 225 pounds now, 230. None of them, I had to say that because they didn't weigh that much when I played. It was like 270. <laughs> it was like 270 pounds when I played. But that's different. We're going to talk about them now. Um, I just think that, you know, none of these players, linebackers, safeties are going to want to tackle Cam Newton late in December. That's He's going to feel like a, a thousand pounds. Yeah, I... Uh... It's tough for me, you know, because I'm I'm rooting for the Dolphins, but it, it's like I'm so conflicted. I'm like I don't yeah. I'm happy the Patriots are winning, and this is a weird feeling mm-hmm. for me. But I just love Cam. I, I want to see him be successful, so I'm yeah. glad it's working there. Well, thanks so much, Reggie. I really appreciate it. Make sure you yeah, check Reggie out on Big Noon Kickoff Show on Fox this weekend. Uh, stay safe. Hope the family's well. And thanks for coming on with us. What the? Yeah, thank you. We about to turn up in this what up, Heller? What am I winning or quitting today? What's up, Joy? Um, I know this dates the podcast in a weird way, but this is the only way that I know it's Tuesday, is that I that I see you on Skype. Oh, yeah, thing. yeah. I, otherwise, I, otherwise, they're all the same. <laughs> Every day is the same. It blends together quickly. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. It's just Monday, 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 and then this is Tuesday. And then Monday to again. Tomorrow. I feel like it's Monday and then Friday. Like every other <laughs> right, day yeah. is like a blur. Or I'm sorry, Tuesday and Friday. Right. Um, yeah, it's all the same. Anyway. All right. Yeah. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Um, maybe I'm crazy, but the Falcons might be the biggest losers in all of football. I don't say that to be mean or to make Browns or Lions fans like Donnie feel better. It's just a fact. The Cowboys, who came back from 15 down in the fourth quarter to beat Atlanta, were the only ones, along with however many people were in the stands in Jerry's world, uh, who got to enjoy that fiasco. Luckily for the boys, it goes into the win column, but joy. The Cowboys haven't really won a game yet in the Mike McCarthy era. Wit it or quit it. (laughs) Wit. The Falcons are just... They got something going on, man. Like they gotta, they need to sage the stadium or something. Like 
<laughs> it's weird. Like, how do you even get into that situation? And now Arthur Blank is saying that the guys didn't know that they could have touched the ball at any time on the onside kick. Like, it's just, the owner it, said that? Yeah. I mean, well, so obviously, obviously Dan Quinn said that they knew. Uh, but I kind of tend to side with Arthur Blank there. I mean, like, if they knew the rule, why didn't you just jump on the ball? You could have touched it at any time. It's a disaster. Yeah. Like, the, 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 the Cowboys did not win that game. The, the Falcons lost it. Uh, they blew that lead, and Dallas did not play well enough in the beginning of the game to deserve that win. And listen, a win is a win. I'm not into uh, moral victories and all that. At the end of the day, yes, they got the win, but mostly the Falcons lost. Like, I didn't learn anything about the Cowboys other than other than they don't like to give up, Like, which is great. Good for you. But yeah. you need more than, like, a big heart to win – uh, consistently in this league. I didn't like what I saw from them in week yeah. one. And uh, yeah, I'm, I don't think that, uh, I don't think this is going to be a consistent thing. I, I think they're going to lose next week to the Seahawks. Oh, that's a tough one. And that division is really, it's really something like the Giants on upstate on Barkley now, Washington's come back down to earth after stomping out the Eagles, which looked like a complete disaster. So look, I mean, the Cowboys could do this, you know, whatever thing they're doing uh, yeah. right to the top of the NFC East very easily. But uh, my high for the Cowboys this year has come very, down very quickly. Um, I'm not going to overreact to them winning that game as some big victory. Uh, and I, I don't think that the Cowboys are either. I mean, Cowboys fans, of course, are losing their minds, as they should, and I would too. Right. But um, I'd be doing the same thing uh, if, if the Dolphins were in that situation. But I do think that there's a lot to learn uh, from how the Cowboys looked early in that game. And yeah, this this division is just a straight dumpster fire. It's wild. Yeah, yeah I think I, I, I agree. I'm not like impressed with the Cowboys after that win. But if if you were ever going to gain some momentum, this, the happy faces at the end of that game were pretty enjoyable. That was like the first genuine hug that Jerry and Steven have had in a while, it looked like. Like, because Steven hugged him and then he's ah! And he ran out of there. Uh, but... <laughs> Like, yeah, I mean, I mean look, they, wins are hard lit. to come by. Wins are hard to come by in this league. So just, you know, I definitely well, would have enjoyed it um, if yeah. I were them. And and look, you, you came back. You, you showed some grit and some heart. You didn't give up. Could have easily right. done that after the way that that game started. So all those are good things. But overall, it should not have been in that situation to begin with. So I am I am not enchanted by that win from the Cowboys at all. Right. Okay, so no no win this week uh, in Seattle, you think. No. What about What about the following week hosting the Browns? You think they get the Browns at home? Okay, so that's a, that's a potential real W. And then you get the Giants after that. They could string two together. Yeah, right? I mean the Cowboys are going to win the NFC East. I just don't think right. that they're going. It's going to be pretty while they do it, and I don't think that they're going to go far in the playoffs if they continue to play like that. Um, as far as as far as the Falcons go, you know, sometimes the ball spins your way in life, and instead of grabbing it and that opportunity and protecting it, you just stand there and watch and let the other team take it. Uh, and then try to say that you knew the rules or you didn't to explain such a, it. It's such a metaphor for life. <laughs> <laughs> what are they doing? Um, here's someone who knows what they're doing, Russell Wilson. Uh, Russ and I I both have never received an NFL MVP vote. Um, we've also both spoken to Pete Carroll. So besides Ciara and Baby Future, we're basically the same guy. Anyway, uh, mm. Russ is making his case to get a, quite a few votes uh, for MVP this season. The Seahawks are 2-0, and and Wilson leads the NFL in pass TDs, uh, completion percentage, and passer rating through through two games. Joy, Russell Wilson will receive at least one vote for NFL MVP this season, win it or quit it. 
with it. And I, I, you know, Colin does amendments to his NFL picks before the season. I would like, I would like, because I, I, I don't, I always make my picks and then I just go, right? I don't, right. I don't make any changes. So I think I'm going to allow myself two amendments throughout the season to my yeah. preseason predictions. Mulligans. We'll call them mulligans if you'd like to. Give sure. me a mulligan. I'm going to stick with the Saints winning the NFC. NFC. Um, Bold. For right now. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not going to use my mulligan on them. But I I miscalculated. I am, I am going to say that this is the year that Russell Wilson wins an MVP. All right. I don't think it's going to be Drew Brees anymore. Uh, not just because of what I saw um, right. mm-hmm. with the Raiders. Uh, Russell Wilson is just playing out of his mind. He's just right. – He's incredible, man. That game was so good. And uh, Cam Newman was obviously amazing, Cam was too. Great. I have no problem with them giving it to Cam in that spot either, by the way. I know those people were freaking out. <laughs> I would have loved a, a pass option on that play. But right. at the end Another of the day. course of action. A, B, a plan B would be great because the, the plan was just CAM and he got flipped. Yeah, so. he did. But, like, at the end of the day. You put it in your best player's hands in the biggest moment. I'm a firm believer in that. And then you can live with the results. And look, it didn't go in their favor, but that's that's how it goes. I would have loved a little bit more creativity within that play. But at the end of the day, I can't be mad at it. Like Cam, the defense was there and they stopped him. So, okay. Like Cam did everything he needed to do to win that game. Um, but that aside, Russell Wilson is just playing out of his mind. I think the Seahawks are a lot better than I thought they were going to be. Let Russ cook. Let Russ cook. They're letting him cook. Uh, Chef Russ. And uh, I'm here for it. And I think he is going to be the MVP this year. So that is my mulligan to my predictions. Um, I'm going to allow myself two because I like to keep it real. But I I miscalculated that one. And Russell Wilson is going to be the MVP this year. Okay. I like that. I'll let let you have it. You've earned the right. Um, As far as the MVP goes for Russ, I think the squeaky wheel probably gets the grease. Like he's he's created this storyline for himself because like Aaron Rodgers is a good storyline too, fighting against his own organization to win and and succeed. But I think Russ has made this uh yeah the squeaky wheel gets the grease and that little pipsqueak has ruined my life as a Niners fan for years. Uh, no disrespect to Russell Wilson because he's an incredible quarterback, but he I've just watched him embarrass so many bigger, faster, stronger 49ers. It is so infuriating. He like. If there were ever a case for the power of prayer, it's him. Like he really just, <laughs> he just, he just makes the best out of terrible situations, and you have to respect it. Um, I was doing a little research, Joy. Uh, so obviously, we people know him as Danger Russ, right? Right. But do you know what the other nicknames are listed on his uh, Pro Football Reference page, which is like the Bible for us at in the sports industry? Yeah. What? We've we've got the asterisk. Mr. Unlimited and Robot Russell. I like Robot Russell. Okay. Um, I, I don't know if that's a compliment to be called a robot, uh, unless it just <laughs> unless it just means like you're just so like mechanically good at your job. Right. right. Um, it, I would. It, it, it means that, but it's also like. But then, you also have to remember, Joy. Don't don't play where Mr. Don't, Unlimited don't came do from. It. Don't please don't. No, it's not the usual clip. Okay. Everybody has to have an alter ego, right? And, and I've been thinking about what my alter ego would be, and I, I, I think I have an alter ego. His name, his name's Mister, Mister, Mister Unlimited. Yeah, you gotta be unlimited. <laughs> you, know, you gotta have a thought process of being I, unlimited. I, 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 unlimited. I, 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 
Unlimited. I actually don't think he's deal. I, Mr. Unlimited. I think oh he's my goodness. I think he's messing with us. He's not serious. I don't think he's serious. He can't be being serious. I, 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 Unlimited. I love Russell Wilson. After meeting him at the Super Bowl on the herd, I was like, this dude is awesome. And I get why Colin loves him so much now. And he's just playing out of his mind. I'm willing to forgive all of it. Um, I don't think he's being serious in that clip, though. Mr. Unlimited. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Donnie? What's going on with High Key, Low Key this week? What's up? All right, High Key. The story coming out of week two is injuries. It was pretty bad, and nobody got hit harder than the 49ers. It seemed like literally everybody except the D coordinator got hurt against the Jets. Low-key, I was praising the lack of preseason games a couple weeks ago, but that could be to blame for the injury bug that swept through the league on Sunday. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I, uh, I high-key think that that has something to do with it. Uh, we talked about this a little bit with Reggie, and he made a really good point that, you know, we talk about live reps and, you know, callus and all that stuff. They just didn't get that this year. Like, no preseason yeah. uh, meant that you were only practicing against your team. They didn't have inter-team scrimmages either. Right. Because of COVID. So you're really never going full speed at any point um, until the season started. So that, that I mean, you're not, you're not going to, like he, he said, you're not going to chop block your teammates. Um, you know, these are things that you're going to do in an actual live game, live even if it's game. a preseason yeah. game that you're not going to do in practice. So as much as I hate the preseason, I think we've realized that they need at least two games of preseason. Uh, I think two games is probably... That's like the safe zone where it's not going to become annoying for fans and annoying for yep. the media. And it's not going to become, and it's not going to be a, a detriment to teams and, and injuries. Because the last thing we want to see is a rash of injuries around the league, which is, which is what we have. I mean, seven torn yeah. ACLs is staggering. So scary. Yeah. there's lots of different factors into it, but I think it's pretty obvious that having no preseason has definitely played a role in the amount of injuries that we've seen around the league, which is the worst. Because, I mean, you look at the 49ers now, it's like their season is kind of over. I mean, you, you don't have Bosa, yeah. Garoppolo's injured, Mostert's injured. I mean, Solomon uh, Thomas is injured. Like, it's crazy. Kevin Campbell, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah it's, just, it's ridiculous. And, like, I mean, they're so, – so they're not going to go back to the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah. Kevin Campbell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, they're not going to go back to the Super Bowl this year. Like – they, they can still have a nice season, but like that's just too much to overcome. So I mean, it'd be a miracle. So I, I, I gotta, I gotta submit when I'm wrong. Yeah, it I was, sucks. I was it's triumphantly rejoicing about no preseason, but I think, I think two up. is the way to go. Yeah, that's obvious now. All right, high key. Rookie Justin Herbert made his NFL debut sooner than expected against the Chiefs. He threw for 300 yards and he scored two TDs in that overtime loss. Low-key, your Dolphins are 0-2, and even though Fitzpatrick's not playing bad, Herbert's debut has to have Dolphins fans itching to see Tua get out there, right? Am I oh, right or wrong? 100%. High key. Yeah. I'm like, hmm, Fitzpatrick only has to have one more of these really weird games, and uh, I'm, I'm ready for it. Now, is in a different situation, obviously, because he's coming back from an injury, which they've said he's all good for, for and you know he's you know still learning and all that stuff, but... You know, Herbert getting out there, that's trouble for that's trouble for the Chargers. Cause, you know, right away Anthony Lynn, who I have a lot of respect for, said like Tyrod Taylor is still the guy. And I love Tyrod yeah. and I want Tyrod to have an opportunity. But unfortunately Tyrod keeps ending up in these situations. Yeah, so, why? I don't know. Same thing. I don't it, know, it sucks. man. It sucks. It's just it's like a curse. 
But yeah. the problem is Justin Herbert is the sixth overall pick and he's got the potential thing working for him. So yes. while he didn't look amazing, it's not like he went out there and threw five touchdowns, no interceptions and ran for a hundred yards. He had a nice game against the defending champion Super Bowl Chiefs who, yeah. who he found out he was going to play against five minutes before the game started. So minutes like, before the game. What, yeah. can you, what more can you ask for him? He looked good. He looked like Justin Herbert in – in the bowl game, which is what I wanted to see. I wanted to see him run, use his size to his advantage. He was not afraid to throw it downfield. I didn't yeah. think he made too many egregious mistakes. I mean, there was a couple times, like, he turned to the right and the running back to the left. Like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But he's a rookie, you know? So I, I loved what I saw from him, and it's rough. Because if Tyra goes out there and loses a game or two, it's uh, – the pressure's on now. Not that it wasn't before, but it really felt like, okay, like, Tyra's going to play this season – and then yeah. we're going to see Justin Herbert next year, possibly, or whatever. Now it's like, mm, well, we kind of opened Pandora's box with that. Not, you know, it's just. Can't close it. Yeah. And and you can lose your job to injury. I, I know people say that all the time. I can't lose your job to injury. Like, no, you can. Like, it's competitive. Is, That's what it, happens. It, 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 you work in a competitive industry at the right. highest level. Um, nobody wants anyone to get injured, of course. But this is this is how it goes. Like he went out there and he showed what he can do, and he's young and he's the future of the franchise, and he's a sixth overall pick. And we didn't know what he was going to be before, but now we know that he can kind of play. Yeah, we so taste. yeah, so I don't, I don't, I think he's going to be out there much sooner than uh, than Anthony Lynn is inferring. We'll see. All right, high key. There were supposed to be two LA teams in this Western Conference Finals, but the Nuggets they weren't ready to leave Orlando yet. Damn it, Clippers. Loki, after channeling Kobe while wearing the Mamba jerseys, are the Lakers going to be putting it into Denver's surprise run? It looks like it. It does look like it, and yeah, I think so. That Anthony Davis uh, walk-off buzzer beater kind of felt like the dagger. That's a lot of emotion to come back from. Oh, what was Mason Plumley doing? What are uh, you yeah. doing? I don't know. <sighs> Listen, I'm not rooting uh, against the Lakers. I want... To, to see either the Lakers or the Clippers in the finals, obviously. I just yeah. wanted to see Lakers, Clippers, Western Conference finals. I root for content. And a lot of the Nuggets are darlings, and I love them, and they're fun to watch, and they're great, and they have a young, exciting team, and Jamal Murray is incredible, and Jokic is, is, is stunning to watch yeah. play. They are not controversial. And I... Um, into controversy and the Clippers versus Lakers would have been incredible. Oh, juicy. So good. Rega regardless of the outcome, because if the Clippers make the finals, then we're going to talk about how the Lakers didn't make it and why. And obviously now if the Lakers beat the Clippers, then it's, you know, war of LA and, you know, so it's all just good with the Nuggets. It's they're, they're not going to win. Like they're, they're down 2-0. It feels like they're down 3-0 already. They're going to likely lose tonight. And even if they don't, they're not doing, they're not, they are not doing <laughs> coming back from three, three, one deficits. Oh, it's, 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 yeah. No one has that in them. I don't believe it. I, I, you know, you can, you can completely ridicule me for the rest of the time if I'm wrong. I don't believe it. I think the Lakers will win this series, even if it goes seven, which I don't think it will at this point. But yeah, I mean, LeBron James, LeBron James is on another level, man. He is unbelievable. Yeah. He's playing he unbelievable. He's determined. This, he wants yeah. to win this championship and get back to his family. And uh, I just, I really am, I gave up my LeBron hate when he came to LA. Um, just, you know, I, I harbored it for a long time. Not hate, but just, you know, pettiness. And not hate. Just like, yeah, yeah, pettiness. Not, not, yeah. not hate, pe pettiness. Hate, pettiness hate is the right word. word. Hate is yeah. too strong a word. I've never hated LeBron. 
But uh, but I had some pettiness after he left the Heat, um, mm-hmm. which now I'm over because the Heat are in the Eastern Conference Finals, so we're doing fine. Yeah, yeah, they're good. You're good. You guys are good. We're doing good, and also uh, I just can't I can't root for for anything Cleveland. I'm sorry, it's just not in me. I'm not below yeah. it. I'm, uh, I'm so it was it was hard for me. So but now he's with the Lakers, and I'm in Los Angeles, and uh, I you know I like the Lakers, and this is fun. So uh, and I'm not gonna not enjoy watching the greatest player of this generation. Um, and listen, I'm a Michael Jordan fan. He's the greatest ever. But this generation, LeBron James is the greatest. And I'm going to enjoy watching his his final years in the league, which I don't think are soon, but they're, they are approaching. And he's still playing at an unbelievable level. And what he's done in the bubble is incredible. So I, I'm, yeah. I, I do think that they will win this series and re- represent the West in the final, NBA Finals. And uh, that Anthony Davis shot in the Mama jer- jerseys, Saying so Kobe perfect. afterwards was, it was just poetic. It was, you know, it's the stuff movies are made of, and that's exactly. the, that's what the Lakers do. They do stuff that movies are made of because they're lost. The season is, and that's this, what is a, this is a movie season. So oh, this, this is the Lakers is season. A movie season like this, you have to make a movie about the bubble. You have <laughs> exactly. To. I mean, there's yes. going to be multiple documentaries made about the bubble, but we're talking about a biopic about yes, the bubble. We and, want, yeah, that's gonna happen. We want the bubble movie, and I just yeah. wish it wasn't called the bubble. I just, it's just like, it, it just makes it, you know. It's, it's stuck. It's stuck, though. It did stick. Yeah. The I don't know. I'm trying, I still, I need another word, but I can't find it. Yeah. We were playing around with the dome, but that's not the a, dome, that, that's, 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 it's, there Dyst- is no dome. Dystopian so. society. That's what we're all living in. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all in that together. Uh, yeah, but I, I'm, I'm really impressed with the Lakers. They've just... And the Clippers are such a disappointment. Yeah, damn it. I'll never forgive them for that. Hey T, what's going on in the Culture Report this week? Hey Joy, so Ruth Bader Ginsburg, AKA RBG passed away at 87. And wow, this is such a huge loss. Like the first thing I thought of when I heard about it um, was God help us. Like she was an American icon. You know, she served on the Supreme Court. She didn't let societal expectations about women like hold her back from pushing for change. She also broke down gender discrimination. She advocated for equality for all people. Um, and whether you agree with her or not, she was just determined. Um, what I love about her is that she just never stopped fighting. And I feel like she just pushed all of us forward. And women like her, they just paved the, re- the way for the rest of us. So she will be missed. But I think, I mean, obviously I was going to vote, but now I'm like pushing, I'm like telling people, you have to vote. Like this is now more than ever, you need to make sure you use your voice and vote because it's so important. Yes, uh, I couldn't agree more. Today's actually National Voter Registration Day. So this is a perfect day to register to vote. It takes about eight minutes. Um, and then you can go vote for the president of the country that you live in. And the implications of voting for that president are not just that, because the president appoints Supreme Court justices, which is what RBG was. And uh, yes, I agree. No matter whether you align with her politics or not, it is undeniable that she was a beacon, a titan for equality and for women's rights in this country and uh, will go down in history as a a hero for women and for everyone. And uh, we live in very divided times, obviously, and everyone is yelling at each other and screaming and you know, throwing around facts and things that they have heard someone else regurgitate and can't be bothered to go look it up themselves. But um, I'm, I'm seeing this even with her. 
her passing him. I mean, my first reaction when I heard the news was, uh, f which I, I think it actually was, uh, like a, a unanimous <laughs> reaction from women yeah. around, around the world. Um, you know, women's rights are obviously very important to me because I'm a woman and I'd like to have rights. So, you know, it's, it, it, we are in a time where people are trying to, you know, revert back to some sort of, uh, society where, you know, that's not available. And um, so I encourage people to vote. Whoever it is that you vote for, I think it's important that you vote. Obviously, I think it's, you should vote in a certain way. But I, I just encourage people to vote, period. Vote at all. And don't just vote in the presidential election. Vote in all the elections because uh, the president does have power. But so do your congressmen and your senators and your mayors. And you should be voting for all these things. They do affect your life and your vote does matter. And she is a prime example of that. Um, so rest in peace, rest in peace. Um, she will be missed. And, uh, we are living in very, very crazy, uncertain, upsetting, unsettling times. And, um, I don't know. We'll see. I guess we're all in this ride together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's crazy and yet scary times yes. for sure. Um, so the Emmys was on Sunday and Zendaya, my favorite, she uh, made history as the <laughs> <laughs> Emmy winner for Outstanding Leading Actress in a Drama Series for Euphoria. It is such a great show. Uh, I cannot wait for season two. I personally love Zendaya. I love her spirit. She is a true queen and deserves all the success. The way she embodies her character, Rue, it was just so powerful to me uh, because I'm just used to seeing her on Disney Channel. So I'm like, oh, like she, she's such an incredible actress. So congrats to her. Um, Schitt's Creek had a big night. They won like nine awards. Now, I know the show's over, but I've never seen the show. And now, you know, Joy, I've obviously thought about binging but who, who knows so we'll see with that and then uh regina king she won best actress for Watchmen. another great show love her super talented i think that show joy i probably binged it in a day actually i i can confirm i binged it in a day it was that great um but what were some of your favorite moments um obviously regina king was amazing uh all of the winners from Watchmen because i love that show if you haven't watched that show watch it it's amazing it's uh very historically relevant it's very telling it's very appropriate for the times that we're living in and it is just awesome what a great show i have also not seen schitt's creek um i'll be honest i'm probably not going to watch schitt's creek but congrats <laughs> to schitt's creek on winning everything um right. it's clearly a good show i mean it won uh, as you said like nine awards uh zendaya is incredible i stan and euphoria is amazing like i am obsessed with that show obsessed and I, like if you haven't seen the show just go watch it it's i think it's eight episodes it's incredible now if you have children that are of the ages like say 12 to 21 you may not want to watch the show because <laughs> it kind of like it was like ah do i want to have kids because i was not dealing with this stuff when i was in high school okay but it is really it's a look inside you know young people in today's society and like the pressures and the things that they deal with and she killed that shit. i love that show so i'm so glad that she won she totally deserves it but yeah. Oh, also Ruth from Ozark won. And yeah. she's my favorite character on that show. 
So I was really happy with it. I actually, I three boxed it. So I was watching the NFL game on my TV and then I had my laptop and I had the Emmys in one box and then the Lakers game in the other box. So I was like switching like, <laughs> I was like downloading stuff in my brain. It was really crazy. So I kind of skipped through some of the skits of the Emmys, but I watched the whole show start to finish and I thought they did an amazing job. Just what everyone's been able to do and like adapt and figure things out with technology and just keeping everybody safe while putting on productions has been absolutely fascinating to me because we just couldn't hear enough about how none of this was ever going to happen again. And like we're pushing forward and obviously we're still in a pandemic and still important that everyone takes it seriously. Um, you saw Juliana and uh, Vivica Fox both tested positive, so they weren't able to cover the, the Emmys and hope they, you know, get better soon. But they did an amazing job. They had cameras in all of the nominees' houses. And it was just, it was awesome. Like, being able to have award shows. And, and I love how they did that. Like, how they did it live, which is obviously a huge undertaking. And then you're talking about technical issues. Like, that's a lot. As Jimmy Kimmel said at the top of the show, like, what can possibly go right? And it really actually was a great show. Uh, I thought it was super entertaining. They had, like, clips of the old crowds, like, when he was doing his monologue, which was really funny. Um, so they did a great job and I enjoyed it. The Emmys are one of those award shows that you really, I, I really enjoy because it's television. I work in television and obviously winning an Emmy in working in television is a, like, that's what we do. So I, I loved it. I thought they did a great job and I'm, I'm glad I was able to like, yeah, I, I look like a professor, I'm like, like muting and like switching in between things and tweeting. Like it was wild, but it was fun. Yeah, it was. By the way, Joy, I feel like that you should win an award for like best multitasker because every time I'm like talking to you, you always have like so much going on. Remember you were working out on the Zoom call, like knocking out two birds on one stone. Look, sis, we got to capitalize. We got stuff to do. Okay. We got worlds to change. I can't be wasting no time. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us this week on Maybe I'm Crazy podcast. We appreciate you. Hope you're doing well. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube, Maybe I'm Crazy Podcast, and follow us on all our social media pages at Maybe I'm Crazy Pod. And you can listen to the podcast on any platform that you listen to podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartMedia app, and Apple Podcasts. Tweet me, stay safe. Thanks for listening and watching. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not. Oh.